Hello. Hello. And welcome to whatever number episode this is. This is episode number four, but it's confusing because we released the last two episodes out of order. It went one, one, three, two. Uh oh. How did, will how will they trust? How will our our our, our fans? How are we gonna get through this as a group? I think uh, I think send we'll all hate mail to at Monday Punday. <laughs> no, you have to. It, it's more of like an avant-garde movie where they release like where it's like they don't show you the current timeline. Like Witcher, I've heard I haven't watched Witcher. I've heard it's out of order. I'm playing Witcher right now. It's ruining my life. It is ruining your life. Yeah. You get so addicted to video games. Yeah, I don't like to talk about that. Yes, you do. Wait, so uh, what are your biggest Skyrim, Breath of the Wild, and I now don't... Witcher? You like medieval, don't you? I do. I what about war? What about like? Like not guns. A, not a big fan of shooter games. I guess it makes sense. You were you were a Lord of the Rings girl. I was. Do they have a name? This for... is really personal, Matthew. These no, are... this is great. That's an interesting thing about you. I feel like you should talk about on stage because everyone's a Harry Potter nerd. Everyone's a Pokemon nerd. Not like that's a deep nerddom. It it was a pretty deep nerddom. It's also hard. Colbert. To, hard to find. Yeah. So it's me, Stephen Colbert. We just love Lord of the Rings together. And Johnny and it's Montgomery. Also like, and it was also the um, the books have been out for a long time. I guess the movies were coming out, so it was popular when I was uh, you know in school because of that. But there was no one who was like a deep fan. So yes. just basically me <laughs> solo. I'm reading Hyperion the series right now, which is four books released between like the 80s and 90s, and it's considered one of the most successful sci-fi series of all time. Like I think it's in like the top 10 sellers on on amazon or like up there and then when i get to the fourth book and i'm looking online for like reviews and fan art there's nothing because so few people read books yeah like once you get that far unless you're like one of those like four major series like if this was a tv show i could search the hashtag and like there would be endless like sculptures and cartoons of the characters oh it's kind of sad it's kind of sad unless books are better books are Better. But they require more They're brain power. So deep. That's Sci-fi. my problem now, is by the time I'm done with work and everything, my brain is just t- tired. Yeah. I'm not focused anymore. Reading on the subway is not. Yeah, you don't read at all anymore, which sucks because you're such a good reader. I, I used to be obsessed with reading. Yeah. I, I mean, I read a ton, but it's. it's <laughs> Emails. Tech, tech, technical briefs. <laughs> Great. <Ooh. laughs> uh, read, you read some nonfiction. You yeah. finished that Clint Watts book. Shout I out did. to our homie Clint Watts. Clint Watts. What's uh, up? You don't read any fiction anymore, do you? Um, very rarely. I wish. I, I love reading fiction. I just don't have the time very often. I yeah, you only have time to play time. Witcher. I only have time to play <laughs> 40 uh, hours of Witcher. I was immediately, yeah, all right. I've, I, just finished, I just finished a game, and I've been like actively not buying a new one because I'm like, especially uh, Pokemon would be the next game I get, Sword and Shield. Everyone's like, you got to play. You call yourself a fan. But like Pokemon, yeah. there is no ending. You just keep it? leveling what up. What is it on? Is it on your phone? It's on Switch. Switch. We have a switch. I just finished Ori. I don't. I just. I don't want to know. Video games and TV shows. Everyone's like, no, it's like really good. I'm like, I believe you, and that's why I'm not watching. Right. Yeah. So is heroin. I'm not gonna start. It feels great. It feels great. I'm. I'm sure I would enjoy it, which You'll is more. Fired. I wish someone would be like, it's just okay. Then I might be tempted to start. But yeah. like, I started The Outsider. I have to watch it every episode now. I've watched and I have to watch all of. Witcher is a. It's a great game though. I'm. I'm doing. Doing pretty well. It's a classic, right? How old is it? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm actually, I think I'm technically playing Witcher three. Yeah. So. And and working, and that's it. And doing comedy. I don't. Yeah. I don't have much going on. Yes, you okay. do. We have a, I don't know. 
It is funny that one of your biggest three things, though, is a video game. But let's talk about balancing work yeah. and, and comedy lately. How many mics have you been doing? Have you been going up? I have been. And um, you haven't been telling me about your sets. I know. So that was a new thing that uh, we had a great suggestion by someone who had listened to the podcast. That's so weird to say. Why? It's just cool. True. I know. I just It's just cool to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't feel like... You, you feel like you're talking to a microphone and no one actually hears it. Do you feel that way? Like, you feel yeah, like a disconnect of. between this and the fact we're that, We're also like, currently... As many looking, as 130 people might listen to this. We're, like, currently in our kitchen. We are eventually hoping to move to a studio um, because you could probably hear Matthew drinking his coffee right now, which maybe is not the best for sound quality. We have decent audio. I listened to another podcast today, and it was terrible audio. And Ooh, I still call him out. To, Who was it? It was the early episodes oh my God, of My Favorite Theorem. Oh, okay. They don't That's fair enough. It's a mathematics podcast that Rachel Lander suggested. Math podcast. Shout out to that's both a, of them equally. That's a hard sell math podcast. Well, I mean, you're listening, so clearly, maybe yeah, they'll. I'm a dweeb. That's true. Um, but why were we talking about? Oh, we were mics. talking about balancing work and comedy. Uh, it's yeah, it's freaking hard. I think we talked a little bit about that last time, but yeah. I um, I'm getting crushed. Uh huh. At my job. And Witcher's also just been really Inviting. hard on my, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of, uh, you know, bandits that I need to kill. So yes. it's, been, it's been tough to balance that. I just got a text. I don't know if that noise is going to go through. I didn't hear it. Okay. See, this is why we need to move to a studio. So we can be more professional. So when we get text, it doesn't echo as yeah. loudly. Exactly. Um... And uh, what else has been going on? I've been doing, I've had a lot of like interesting experiences in comedy recently. I haven't told you about my mics. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about those. A lot of firsts. I I hosted a mic at the Creek in the Cave with Julie. Julie Ray. Yay. That's one of my favorite, like, I think one of the best spots for open mics in town. I would say, as far as actually doing comedy, not great. As far as hanging with fun people, Mm -hmm. awesome. And the main reason I say that, to be fair, I've only gone to really the late night sets. And with any late night set, things start to get more rough. I've heard It's the, three minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? They say the 11 p.m. Tuesday is one of the best mics in town. I've heard that too, but it's 11 p.m. on a Tuesday. So that's, that'll stay <laughs> hypothetical for me. Probably for some for time. For me too. That's late for me. That's for late. A, for an open mic. And also, Tuesday is such a... That's like... I'm, I'm working. You know, yeah. The next the next day is really it's absolutely a work day. Yes. Um so that has I don't I was hosting. I was hosting. It was harder than I thought it would be. I've done a little bit of I've hosted some mics at Eastville, uh, but like Saturday afternoons and they're usually, you know, pretty pretty chill, longer longer slot time. So that was easier than Hosting with another person is interesting because you have to figure out your dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Julie so much. She's wonderful. She has a lot of roasts. Check her out. But um, I just, we'd never done that before on stage. So I had a little bit of trouble balancing how I was going to be. And then also I had to do jokes afterwards. So I kind of had to make that match my persona. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And my joke, my like performance persona is not necessarily who I am. So I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. Just figuring out how to host. I don't know how to do that yet. So working on it. and uh, But it was really fun. 
long. A lot of people, you know, did the mic, did figured you, out that it's really hard to read people's handwriting, and then they get mad if you don't pronounce it correctly. Did you say any, like, after you finished your set and brought the first comic on stage, did you say anything besides, put your hands together for a blank? Not really, no. right? Yeah. No. Ah. Should I have? Uh-oh. No, but the, a lot of mics will be, uh, I remember the first time I hosted a mic in Houston, <laughs> I went up and bombed, and I got off stage, and I was like, how come people didn't laugh at the parts they normally laugh at? And so I was like, oh, because you went first. I'm like, why oh. is that different? They're like, yeah, you bit the bullet. Uh, they called it the bullet spot. Uh, but I remember by the end of it, I was so frustrated. People were like, I remember Owen made fun of my, my friend Owen Dunn was just like, the shitty host. Like, what I was saying, he was like, good hosting? Like, and everyone laughed? So then I, like, tried to, like, play around a little bit between, but it's fun playing around between comics. Yeah. I mean, obviously so, you want to bring them straight up and keep the energy going, but, well, like, it's, yeah. To be fair, there's so many people that go to this mic. Yeah, New York. You don't, yeah. Even, you don't even go back on. You're just, like, next name, next yeah. name, next it, name. It's pretty crazy to meet someone who three does minutes. time between Can comics at an open, a New York time open Time between mic? comics when it's a three-minute mic. You do a minute between each. We've witnessed that, by I the have, way. and it was... We were together. It was, uh, it's not cool. Not cool. But you learn a lot. I get why the host, you learned a lot, like just, just fucking around like that. You can. Oh, no, I loved it. I definitely want to, so that's one of my goals for this year. I also wrote comedy goals. One of my goals is to host a mic mm -hmm. and then produce a show. Yeah. Um, so, I need to figure out. Very attainable goals within yeah. your control. Very much. I, um, I have one of my first experiences, I had my first experience hosting a New York club. This weekend that I did not know about, I'm, I've, I've been uh, opening for Hasan Minhaj. He's been working out his hour at the Comedy Cellar. So you just got to like and I showed up and I bullet yeah <laughs> I, I showed up Hasan Minhaj yeah but it's it's three p.m. in the afternoon. It's a little lower stakes. It's not like yeah. it's not his taping or anything. Uh, but I showed up and there's usually a couple comics and, and this weekend it was just me. So it was, and I always feel a little nervous at the cellar because of you know the legacy of that place and I had to go up and uh, I was trying to find the balance between. Crowd work and how quickly I jumped into a bit, and I don't know if I did. And you, I mean, you I did also fine, haven't hosted a ton either. But I want to be I better mean, at it. For I, for eight years in, I should. I wish I. Yeah, I I, I should be better more. at it. Yeah. Well, let's produce something. Yeah, you I've can also produced your own thing. I'll produce. I've never done two man hosting before. Individual people. Two man. Hosting. Two man hosting is what what you and Julie did. That's pretty common in New York. Uh, right. And it can go really well. Like a knitting factory was was three people. Uh, it's three people still. Uh, when they switched over. I've also done shows where it's just two people hosting together, and then they just talk and don't get anywhere, and they bring you up, and it's somehow even worse. Yeah. Because if one person went up and did material and bombed, well, at least they are in the rhythm of hearing stand-up. Stand-up versus just, Now they're uh, just like, a bad conversation, conversation yeah. followed by a guy trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Other first? I'm concerned that that might have been... No, that's not true. Julie does... She's a great host, but she does it every weekend there. Yes. So it's she, a skill. It's a skill. Some people who can host and can't do stand-up. Well, I'd rather do stand-up and not be able to host, but I'd like to do both. Me too. Um, I also went, so talking back to that, um, you hosting for Hassan, that was quite an experience. Yes. So this was at the cellar. It was like 3 p.m. on a Sunday. And I signed up for a mic in the area. I went to the Lantern, um, which is fine. It's a fine mic. And, uh, but I got it's, put... It's at 4 p.m. on a Sunday. It's at 4 p.m. on a Sunday, so, like, do with that as you will, right? Yeah. You know, it's going to be an appropriate amount of energy for that. Um, but I go and watch Matt host, and I watch the beginning of Hassan's... He's working on his new hour. Yes, it's, it's, it's brilliant. so good. It's so oh good. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. 
And also, the way he does his comedy, his stuff is so funny, but a lot of it just is, like, more broader impact on the world, you know? like It's very personal, yet at the same time, very... It's just good. It's just it good makes comedy. you be like, well, I'm a fraud. Like, it's a forest. I, it's not trees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like... I mean, there's definitely pieces you could take out that would stand alone, but it's not, like, a bit about women. Like, yes. It's very much, like, his life and stuff like that. Either way, afterwards... Three blocks away or so, I walk to go to this mic. I'm going... I went up first, um, which was, you know, so I... You hosted. <laughs> no. Was there a host? Okay. Yeah, yeah, there was. But either way, it was still uh, very early in the mic. And I remember for the first minute, I was just standing up there, and I couldn't even get into my material because I was like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing jokes about these stupid topics when he's talking about, like, I don't want to spoil anything. Well, I mean, it's not it's like... His yes. wife is famous enough that, but talking about like, you know, he's talking about family and, and the things he's been through on a global level and how yeah he was how, one of the most like one hundred top people or most influential. most influential people in Time Magazine yes yeah. <laughs> it's pretty substantial. And I'm like, um, doing this joke I wrote in stand up class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyway. I feel that way hosting for him. I'm like, this is so stupid compared to what he talks about. Like, yeah, it's so fraud, personal and original. Fraud syndrome, I guess, except for like not fraud. It was not like a syndrome. Real. Whatever. It's just fraud. Just, just fraud. And then you come back and watch and then, the end of it. Yeah, so I do my spot, watch a little bit more, and then I walk back over, and it's an hour, so he was still going, and I watched the second half or so. And um, and it was really very jarring to have those two. I think only in New York can you have it be in such a short period of time where you're exi- witnessing one of the greatest, and then you're on stage three seconds later in um, the lantern's a lovely location right. you know that mic is a, a wonderful mic however it's different <laughs> it was a different vibe i've definitely had like a saturday night like that where if i've gone to like i'll go from like following colin quinn to uh preceding a guy who's doing comedy for the third time like exactly. it's very that's why it's that's why i think it's so stupid when people has opened for, I mean, like, we all mix together. It's not like the NFL where you're lucky to be on a team with them. Like, yeah. we all will do any spot. One of my favorite sets in comedy, stop me if I've told this one on the podcast already, but when I did my half hour in New Orleans for Comedy Central, I remember the first 10 minutes being so great, and then the last 10 being like, what's going on? Why did I start bombing midway through? I can feel the sweat on my face, the energy's dying, and I get off stage, I'm like, did I bomb? And I skip the after party and find an open mic and go up and do like five so minutes hardcore. at a bar for I think it was maybe eight to twelve people and it's maybe the most fun I've ever had doing comedy. Just like me, like this is right. I don't deserve five hundred people Aww. coming to a television taping. This feels nice to like to see their faces, to not feel stuck to some script, to not be worried. That was really fun. I, I like that. To the craft. No, I just like the ego death. I like the uh, the second you start taking yourself too seriously, you stop being funny. So I love going to those rooms. I, I, I think it's so important to have your ass handed to you on a frequent basis. Yeah, I can see that. Just can't, you just can't take this what seriously. What you your after party? I went. I eventually went. Oh, okay, good. I was going to say. Yeah, I, I snuck that out. one. I earned that one, yeah. You got you to take your victories. There's not that many. I'm just, you know. I met one of my favorite writers at that show, so I'm happy I went. Who's your favorite writer? He's he's on a uh, on a uh, Facebook and Twitter is Puneet Lakmani. He's a med student and he uh, he just writes really good jokes. I don't know if I'm outing him 
as a, maybe he's a doctor by now, but he's uh, he's yeah. just, you meet like people in these random cities. It's just like every every take is so good. I I'm such a fan of his writing. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Actually, he had his name. Maybe I'm adding him too much here. His name's Pudit Lakmani, Indian, obviously. And uh, uh, for a while, he had to change his name on Facebook to hide. And his name was Pete Lockman. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. This is the white. I think he picked some like white guy who looked vaguely like him. What are the other firsts? Um, I'm reading. Class. You finished your class. Yeah, I finished my class. And you had a class show. And I had a class. Oh my gosh, this is the. That funniest. was cool. That was so cool. It was so okay. So I mentioned earlier, if you didn't listen to the other episode, I took a stand-up class with Veronica Mosey, and it was a really fun experience. The comedy with, seller. The comedy seller. Highly recommend. Super exclusive. Really hard to get in, right? I mean, not exclusive. It's like you. Right, yeah, right. You have to just email them as soon as it opens up. Yes. So, if you're like me and you like to set alarms and alerts and things like that, no problem getting in. For me, I like to just, I like to, I, I, I create a, a bot to, to sign up for the class immediately and then I scalp the tickets later. He's lying. I'm lying. <laughs> That'd be funny. You could do that with UCB probably. You probably could. Yeah. Those classes fill up so fast. Um, but either way, so no, no, you can just, it de- really turns out that if you give people enough money, you can like pretty much go wherever you want. <laughs> I mean, it's really, uh, we've already talked about that. I did improv, so I was like, no problem. Here's some money. Um, sign up for the class. It was really fun. Um, I know people have mixed feelings on stand-up classes, but it was definitely a really good exercise in just writing new material and Veronica's fantastic comics. So being able to get, you know, great feedback and mostly the accountability of having new jokes every week. Yes. And um, by the end of it, I had it was like four and a half, five more minutes of material. Because you refused to do stuff you'd already worked out because right, you have integrity right. and wanted to get your money's worth. Yeah, well, mostly, a lot of mostly the second. <laughs> mostly I wouldn't the do that. I'd just bring I wanted in to some, get my money's worth. I'd bring in some like polished bit and be like, yeah, I just thought of this. <laughs> Crazy. Like, oh, you yeah, saw you're that right. online <laughs> already? Did you already post a clip of this? <laughs> Did you do this at the cellar? Was this your Conan set? Yeah. <laughs> Is this one Conan? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wrote. Wrote some new stuff, and then at the end of the class, they did. There was two showcases, where I mean, basically everyone just in you know, invited their friends, and but we got to perform at the cellar, which is it feels like as if I had been invited to play like at the end of my viol my six week violin course for beginners at Carnegie Hall, <laughs> you know, where you're standing there, you're like, this is this is not okay. I should not be up here. I should not be up here. What's that piano song, Chopsticks? Yeah, I'm like, Chopsticks and Carnegie. Look at it. My friends and family are like, you're really doing it. Yay. Good job, Laura. Um, But so felt kind of weird about that. But it was um, really fun. It's great. Like You were the only person in that class who does open mics. Yeah, so that was true also. And also, I so I was the only person who was... who was, had been uh, doing comedy, which is like six months of open mics, just to put that in perspective. That is ter- like not even close to where you should be. No. Um, so these are brand new people. But it was really interesting to watch the mechanics of how people learn how to write and the kind of subject matters that people tended to want to talk about mm-hmm. right away. And also, I was really proud of them for how much better they got. Yes. Six weeks in, you know? The writing was solid. I liked the writing. The writing was writing solid. And Veronica... You know, she taught, like, that framework of how beginning, middle, end. Like, I mean, simple stuff. But at the end of it, you know, their performances were solid. Yeah. It was, they had a, they had a set. 
It was very fun to watch. We got in a fight. You did well, really well considering we got in a fight right before the show. Okay, yeah, Matthew, I'm glad you brought this up because I wasn't going to out you on Always. this. But, um, I didn't want to sit in the such, front. such a drama queen. No, okay. Veronica said this is a perfectly normal feeling. That, it, yeah, but that sitting way, in the audience is very scary if you've performed on that stage a lot. And we, I was like right in the front, very well so, lit. Right, I don't right. know what I was afraid of, but it was just weird. I wanted to sit closer to the back, and you're yeah, like, no, go has, sit with Julie and Katie. So I had some friends there that, um, other comics that were so lovely as to support. Um, but Matt, he comes down and he's like trying to sit at the back at the comics, comics table. Not the comics quote, table. Unquote. I wasn't going to sit at the comics table. He's just going to creep I was going to sit the back. in the back, yeah. And I was like, no, go sit in the, for once in your damn life. This is about me. Yeah. <laughs> So I made him sit in the middle and he got all mad. And then like I tried to, he, he tried to get up and not sit there. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to cause a scene. Sit, sit down. <laughs> and then you had fun. I had a lot of fun. You did really well. I was very, very proud of you. You just had, it, I don't know why you have to have done bad rooms to appreciate the good rooms. You could, the crowd was really hot. And when well, you sensed the crowd was, was matching you. So it was like the most supportive crowd you could get. Yes. So, I mean, it was a bringer show without them having to, like, you know, they, a part of, like, a bigger thing than just, like, standing outside and getting your name called or something. You know what I mean? And one of the funniest people on the show brought the most friends. But I don't think she was the funniest because of her friends. I think she was just very funny. She was really funny. She was really good. I really like. She made a joke about what was... Her opening joke was about that this was a, a bringer comedy class show. Yeah. Which just the... the, the she has a good sense I, for it. And that was the cool. cool part, too, is she hadn't done it before. And yeah. watching, I was like, I, I don't know, there were a fair amount of women in the class who were just, you could tell, like, they wanted to approach it and take it seriously and, like, the structure and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I know comedy classes get a lot of heat, but if this helps people feel comfortable doing it, great. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, and, and I get some people need, I do think it's kind of a training wheels version or sure. it's it's a it's a well, shallow inversion because what, comedy is the deep. Stand up open mics in New York are, I will are the deep. Say defense. afterwards, I was like, "Oh, you guys gonna do mics? Like, you know, such a different experience. Like, mics can be kind of terrible." And they're like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, uh oh, strap in." It's going to be. It's it's so it doesn't make sense how bad it makes you feel about yourself. I think it's because there's so many charming people who are interesting and fun, but they're not good stand-ups. But when you go on stage and a room full of people rejects you, you think, what's wrong with me? You know? It's yeah. just, yeah. But, oh, 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 one thing that I think is really funny about the, the, the class and, and your set there was you got a really good tape out of it. It's a really know, good tape. But, okay. but it has... It's at the dance cellar. So. It says the comedy cellar right behind so, you. So, like, I can't really use that. I mean... You can, but it's good that you have the sense of mind. A lot of people will do produce shows at the Comedy Cellar and not be uh, booked there, and will just post pictures online with the Comedy Cellar logo very clearly, letting people think that. Not saying it, but letting people think that. And mm -hmm. I don't like that. That's super fair. I mean, that would make me angry. I mean, I get, it just make me angry. I'm like, you should have better sense than that. And I, I like that at least you're it's aware of... It's something that you have to earn. Yeah. It's basically like taking credit for an accolade that you don't have. Your strategy, though, with using that to uh, send to festivals is you've been saying of, uh, here's a set of me, LOL, I am not past at the Comedy Cellar. Oh, yeah, I know. I submitted to a festival. That's, another, festival that's another goal of mine for the year. Um, I also know that that's like probably a little early, but uh, if there's any festivals that, you know, 
are good for beginners. Let me know. They're I, all getting so competitive. There's so many comedy know, festivals. That's they're what I've so heard. competitive. And again, it's one of those things where I'm sure a lot of them are just like, you have to pay like $35. I don't believe that's what it costs them in processing fees. <laughs> one of those kind of things. Um, I mean, if you made me watch, you have to pay me a lot of money to watch 500 five-minute sets you know unfiltered that. from any psycho with a with a, an iPhone and a tripod. Oh, boy. That's, That's tough, such, that huh? Is, that is tough. Okay, yeah, $35 actually might be too low. Also, production value for any comics who are submitting to festivals. Yeah. I don't care how good of a set you think you had. Get a high production value video. Tape it. Don't expect to get it in one try. I always say tape 10 sets and hope you'll get one. And keep that shit tight. Don't show me. Show me your first joke going straight into your first laugh. Keep your shit tight. Make sure the Comedy Cellar logo is, is boldly bold. in fact you in, don't need in to rainbow be color tape, just have it be only the comedy yeah, logo. also no crowd work no you don't need the host just just get it tight just cut to the chase it's another comic watching it so don't bullshit them yeah that's true yeah why well, i sound so angry about that i don't know have don't you know. been watching these tapes are you no. running a festival and you haven't told me I, it was gonna be a it was gonna be a birthday gift oh my god the you laura sogar comedy, comedy festival. festival thank you what any other firsts um, I'm looking at I wrote a list uh, I signed up <laughs> check for, my notes real quick it's like an open mic oh what else I did I write down today the memory of a goldfish yeah what else do I want to talk about alright um, well I signed up to do a bringer show which I'm excited about um, I think in general it's probably a silly or what are your thoughts actually no before I give my non-expert opinion let's hear the expert opinion if you opinion start on... in New York City you're gonna have to bring or bark at some point I don't judge it Bringing's a little tough. Bringing's just an unsustainable model, though. Right. You can't keep being a bringer. It is fucking dope stage time because I do bringer shows as the whatever headliner a lot, and those crowds are juiced. Oh, mm-hmm. those crowds are so very fun. Uh, I've never really barked. I really admire people who can bark. They wrote that New York Times article about like the stigma of barking. I respect it a lot, and that's more sustainable. You can keep doing that, but then your friends see you barking. Barking, for those who don't know, is when you stand outside a comedy club being like, y'all, come to a comedy show? Gonna come to a comedy show? Come to a comedy show? And you get, like, paid some commission on the tickets. And uh, I do some of those. Sometimes I'll get to be on some of those. There's clubs that are almost, like, that function on barking. So, well, the main reason that... It's never as strong a lineup, and it's never as good a crowd, unfortunately. Or, not fortunately. (laughs) Yeah. It just... I mean, it's a... You'd never bark. I, I, I mean... It's not that I wouldn't want to. I mm-hmm. just win. Like, and I also have the, you know, I'd rather do a bringer, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because I have a lot of friends here who are like, oh, I want to see you do comedy. And I'm like, well, those are limited options at the moment. Yes. And I don't think you should come to a mic. I've had friends who've come to mics and I'm like, oh, bless you, but don't do, stop. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, come to a bringer. And, uh, but the main reason I, I've never done a bringer, this is the, this will be the first one. It's not till May. So I have some time to like, Kind of get some new material pulled together, but you get a good tape out of it, is what I've heard. Yes. So to solve my problem of my main tape being <laughs> this comedy seller one, which is just like not useful in practice, I'm gonna do the one where I get another tape. Let's just Photoshop <laughs> another logo over it, like the it's comedy the exact store. Same. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. the stand. That's kind of funny. Yeah, and then also the comedy seller is kind of known for not having 
that many produced shows. So if you're well, on a comedy show, it's, yeah, they, it's, you have to be passed to you know, step foot on the stage. That's kind of the prestige of it. They do a really good job of like, yeah, protecting. It's a really good club. Let me just say that. It's a really good. It's club. a very. It's a. It's it's a magical yeah. place. It's it's very strange on comedy of like there's a stigma against barking. There's a stigma against doing bringer shows. There's a stigma against classes. Like and when you get to a higher level, they're like, oh, you still do open mics. It's like, oh, all the things that could make me good, I shouldn't have done. I should just show up one day. Yeah. What is the uh, like already plan? good at it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's that stupid. was like my perspective. I was like, if you're telling me I could do this thing, in worst case scenario, I just write about five more minutes worth of material. And that's the only thing I get out of it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, but you're maybe getting... I'll learn some stuff at the same time. At least I'll be, you know, forced writing. It's a network. I there is a yeah, thing though. I think I think comedy class comics don't typically go on to pursue it as well, much. I don't know why that is. I, I just don't think that they understood the the the, the challenges. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, you know, they'll they'll learn about that, right? But just. You know, going from doing a bringer show at the Comedy Cellar, like the best club, and possibly the most supportive audience you could have. Yeah. And then going from that feels to like mics, going, oof, Feels like going from Hassan Minaj's hour at the Comedy the Cellar to, to the Lantern, the, to the, to open mic at 4 p.m. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're kind of at this conveyor belt point, though. This is what happened to me when I was when I was uh, a year into comedy. I had a 15-minute set that I was doing. Doesn't mean I yeah. And every joke I had pushed out another joke. So it felt like I was stuck at 15 minutes for so long. Yeah. And I feel like you've been writing new material but throwing away the original stuff. I still have the old stuff. Like I, I've been trying to, obviously when I was in the class, I was trying to like just do the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I've tried to mix them up a little bit. Which, I didn't really... which jokes do you like more, the new or the old? I still like my old ones. I still have some good ones in the mm-hmm. old ones. Uh, but there's definitely a few that, which isn't great because if I actually spent time on them and paid a little more attention, I could probably make them better. Because mm-hmm. I still, I'm still early enough that most of the concepts I'm doing, I'm like, yeah, I like that concept, you know? Yes. Like I have like those ones that I've been thinking about for years kind of deal. Um, and now I'm thinking about my jokes and I'm like, oh really? <laughs> You're going to say that you really like that concept, Laura? <laughs> my jury duty joke. Oh, that's a good one. It's not bad. It's or fine. did jury duty? I did. Oh yeah, I did jury duty. I almost got put on a two-week trial. I'm probably not supposed to talk about it, but like, what's up with like the OJ jurors, like the ones that last months? What what do they do? How it's do they... hard. It's do they really quit hard. their job? Like, what do they? No, you're not. Al- I mean, there's definitely like legal um, requirements that they can't fire you for being on jury duty. But my boss was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, don't get put on this case. It was a two-week <laughs> case." He was like. Um, I can't be like, no, <laughs> you're not going to get on that. Yeah. Uh, but I still had to go for two days because I got pulled to the back and like interviewed and stuff like that. Ugh. Um, what would I, would I cancel my, I, like, what would happen to me? Would I like, cancel my road dates? Would I like cancel so, the show? So that was the thing is like, if you had, Taping? they were like, well, is there anything that would make it to where you couldn't, you know, be on this jury for two weeks? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah the lantern open Every, like at 4 p.m. on a uh, Sunday. I'm committed. Look at this email. He emailed me and said, I'm on. Yeah. So I can't get out of this. Yeah. Um, like it's pilot season. But they I've got do, auditions. I mean, There's they interviewed. But... While I was there, they interviewed like. I was there for two full days, and they interviewed twenty potential jurors. And they only picked three, and they needed oh, eight. That's it? They oh. needed eight. So that means they had to keep bringing in groups of ten and interviewing them <laughs> to get to eight. Sounds so like your crew had not a lot of talent. Not a lot of talent. Very unimpressive bunch. 
we were very good at being like, oh, we're, I'm so busy. We made oh, our cars. Oh, oh. Is there anyone there who like was like, fuck yeah, I could do this. I hate yeah, one of the guys was really? an MTA bus driver, and he was like, hell yeah, put oh, me did, on. Did he get on? Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. We were all like, yeah, man. That's so awesome. It was great. The entire, because I mean, obviously everyone was like annoyed that they were there, but it was a moment of unity when he was like, yeah. I've got plenty of time. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, absolutely. Fun fact, it's also, you know how it's illegal to assault a bus driver? It's also illegal to assault a, a juror, so you should be well suited for the... Oh, thank God. That was a joke that missed. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because New oh, York... Right, yeah, yeah. Now you get it, yeah. Okay. It's I'm really illegal. sorry. Yes and's your joke. Yes and. You shouldn't... No, but... You shouldn't... Now he's... Any other firsts? Yeah, okay. Um... It's a long pause. I know. I'm, I'm once again... Be in the moment. Don't look at your notes. I don't think I Chase Drew other... told me I've been looking at my notes too much on stage. Wow. We shouldn't even have notes. You're a professional, Matthew. I know. It does It does bring... My brother also hates it. It just brings down the show. Mm-hmm. I well, don't know. Well, so do you... You bring... Well, let's talk about notes. I have been bringing up notes when I'm trying to do new, new stuff. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I don't do it. Do you know what I mean? And then I'm like... It's okay, for new this, stuff. This was yeah. a mic. Like, why did I not... You know, I really love that I feeling. Go, getting why did I off get stage. nervous and then like go to my other material? Like the point is to fix new stuff here. I hate doing going up on a show where I, I, I have the freedom to try new stuff and I get off stage. I'm like, well, those jokes are still jokes. Like you didn't try right, anything exactly. new. Or yeah, and another thing that I try to remind myself is the more I plan, the more I improvise. So if I just be like, yeah, I'll just try this new. Like if you sit down and write a list and where you can work in this new joke and where you can try a tag you're more likely to find that freedom and explore a new joke. So I always try to prepare. It took me a long time to learn to like sit down and write down your set before you go up. You're not, yeah. you're not Chappelle. I saw, and I saw you doing, I guess that was something, I think I've written almost every set I've done. I do that too. In my notebook. Um, I don't always and take it And I date it, it too. Yeah, I've been trying to date it as much as possible, like put where I was. You think I'm going to track the growth of a joke. It's kind of cool, yeah, like flipping back and just saying, oh, I started that joke in September. Yeah, like, no way. I really like that. Yeah. And then, um, oh, for me, it's it, usually, you write tags around it. Yeah. You know? For me, my reaction is, wow, I've been doing that joke for that long? I, <laughs> I still call that a new joke. Um, what's been new for you? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I did another corporate gig in so the Carolinas. This one was fun. It was not as much fun as the first one because the crowd was just a tiny bit rowdier, but it was still very fun. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, a more Republican crowd. Which is, the first show was like super rich, like it was like evil money, and they were weirdly more chill. And this crowd was like rich, but not like evil. I mean, still evil. But I feel like the the richer they are, the more like, yeah, we're evil. (laughs) Like the more they can take, I think, I think like, like ultra rich conservatives can take a, can take a joke better than the ones who are a notch below. Like I went to a public uh, middle school that was like upper middle class in East Cobb, Georgia. And they're like, we're the East Cobb snobs. We're so rich. And then I went to like a private high school. I was like, oh, y'all weren't real rich. Y'all were bougie rich. You still were wearing American like Eagle and Abercrombie. And I went to like a real private school. And they were like, they flaunt their money less because yeah, they have more, more of it. So I feel like that, that, that second crowd that was a little, a tiny bit more bougie, but a great crowd, um, was a little a little more sensitive when I when I poke the poke the bear politically. 
And you don't even that do that much political stuff, no. too. I played, I kind of, I, I, I talk about political affiliation and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, you mention it, but it's not like you're like. Yeah. Conservatives are stupid. Like, that's just not the, fun. Yeah. Well, I try to make fun of myself. I take I take digs, but I, I I like to make fun of myself. It's more funny of like I'm a liberal, and here's why we're stupid. That's to me a more interesting yeah, joke. We're all humans at the end of the day. Yeah, except some of us. And uh, that's true. That some is true. Are, what else have I done new? Like doing um, doing pilot season, so I'm auditioning, uh, starting to audition a little bit. Um, I don't. I I I'm having a better time this pilot season because I realize I'm not going to book anything, and I've made Yay. peace with that. Anything Hope I is gone. it's gone. Yeah, just trying to have fun in auditions. It's such a weirdly... How you feel going to open mics, that's how I still feel going to auditions. It's so demoralizing. It's so... I don't know why I leave. There's this feeling after you leave. And you did your first wait, audition. Oh yeah, that's right. Back to her. That. Back to you. No, wait. You finish your thought, but then I'll talk about... No, I'm just auditioning. And, and okay. I know. Like, I get that's also like me saying I'm auditioning. is like uh, a lot of people, well, how do you start auditioning? For me, it was... I, I did stand-up, and I got my first TV credit uh, doing stand-up. And uh, when they saw me, I got I got signed based on the TV set pretty early on, and then they just throw you to the wolves. Mm-hmm. They're like, the, my first audition was for the Entourage movie. I was I had no acting. I'm not a, I'm not a naturally talented actor. I don't have like the basic anything. So anything I have, I've worked at really hard, and I bombed for many years. I refused to take classes because it felt stupid and weird. And Is there uh, comics and not liking classes. I don't know. I mean, there is that thing of like comedy is defiant of authority. It's kind of the basis of it. Hmm. Maybe that's too broad. Maybe not everyone is. You're type A. I was a teacher's pet, so I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but you had your first audition. I did. Um, <laughs> Non-union. Not. I mean, this is okay. So to to be fair, this is I did improv with um, Aubrey, who is a, a very talented producer. She does a lot of really cool stuff, and she's had me do a few things, just like you know, improv scenes in a couple of things she's shot, small stuff, um, and asked me to come and audition, uh, me and a couple of other folks who had done some stuff, for this uh, TV commercial that she was producing. And um, didn't get it because acting is hard as hell. I did not see that coming. Yeah, you were... I know I got in trouble for saying this last time. You were a little cocky going in. Oh my god! You weren't cocky, but you didn't think it was gonna bother. You didn't think you were gonna be good, but you didn't think it was gonna bother you. I, I also had no reference point. I was just like, there was no script ahead of time. Yeah. You know, it was and one of those even, things where I was like, there was no preparation to do. I just like went. Oh, that's more like yeah, it's commercial. So it was, yeah, yeah, it was commercial. You know, so you get there, and then I had to like pretend to eat food and react as if I was trying to say something with my face. <laughs> Bless you. That was a cough. Take it back. I unblessed. So you let, how did it feel leaving? So, um, well, first of all, you had nothing being, to lose. There were no stakes. There were no stakes at so all. It, it was, shouldn't bother you. It, it didn't bother. Like, it kind of. It more bothered me that I was like, "Why was that so hard? Like, why do I not know how to apparently work my face muscles anymore?" Because yes. <laughs> you're thinking about thinking about thinking. Yeah, exactly. It got very uh, in my brain about it. So I just didn't see that coming. That's why dumb and people are great actors. Also, my favorite part was just being in the audition and all the people that were around and like actors, they're just like so serious about it. And I get it, it's their I job, right? It, yeah. Shh, I'll be. Shh. And um but they, I mean they were obviously, you know, you have to be serious about it. It's your job, but it was interesting for me because I'm just not around that very much. And then I was in the elevator with a child actor and his mom, and he would she was like, How did you how did it go? And he goes, I did really well. Yeah. yeah, I did really well. 
I was like, yeah, you're, you're seven years old. Like, uh, what is your life? Like, you're like a little person who, and your mom, and you probably live in like the Upper West Side or something. And I just, I really just like wanted to follow them home, but I didn't. I wish I had the confidence of a child actor. Oh my God, it was incredible. Like, and was, I'm sure he crushed. No, that's the thing. That's the crazy, that's the thing that's so <laughs> different about it. Like acting is, there is almost a perfect inverse correlation. The better you think you did, the worse you did. Like, that's, right. that's a pretty common thing of, of, of you leave an audition and be like, God, what the fuck was that? I'm going to go apologize to my agents. They're like, oh, yeah, you got a call back. Um, yeah. And they say it's because you're having more genuine, because you're confused and scared in that moment, you might be having more genuine reactions. Whereas when you think you nail it, it's because you did everything you planned to do. And if you plan to do it, they can see that. They yeah. can see that you're... you're, you're, you're mechanized I mean, I movements. I also had so much trouble just like being serious. Like, I guess I was... It's embarrassing. You know, and also, not that, again, it's like, because of my six months, eight months of experience maybe nine at this point, I want people to laugh when I'm doing like a performance or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's not the point in an audition. They shouldn't necessarily laugh. Actually, they probably shouldn't laugh at you. I can't remember who told me that, but acting is hard for comedians. Yeah, because I was like, well, I'm bombing. Because it's eight hours of bombing, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I didn't love that. But... It is the best... the best feeling I've ever had in acting is when you finish a scene and they cut and you hear a camera guy laugh, like <laughs> stifled laugh that he'd been holding in or something, a crew member, and you're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's a nice I feeling. Crushed. Yeah, because you're just giving it your all. A lot of, a lot of like com- comic acting is like really selling it. So right. you're giving it your all and you're hearing nothing and your instincts as a comic, of, if there's silence, adjust course. So yeah. your brain is running this algorithm so that should kinda, be running. Yeah, yeah I was kind of proud that that was my instinct, but also didn't, you know, book, book the part. Oh, no. I would have had to, like, take off work. Yeah. You know, no. that's just not... You did for these things. It, it was, it was just I'm, a fun... I'm glad to see you humbled. I weirdly Matthew like seeing... when I'm humbled. Because it was hard for me. I would hate for comedy to just be like, yeah, this is know, easy. that's true. How much would that suck? I still think that's a big reason why people... We, we started this podcast to address... Why people have such a weird reaction when I tell them you started doing stand-up. And I think that's part of it. Like, we don't want it to be easy for anyone because it's not easy for anyone. Yeah. And we're afraid. Like, what if she... Like, what if it just all works out for her? What if? And also... It's all dudes concept, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I think the reality is that, that the beautiful part about comedy is there's no way to skip the dues. I mean, if you make people laugh, you make people laugh. That's the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's. How, it's, I, it's like, I, a, so it's like swimming. Swimming, you either went the time or you didn't go the time. Yes. And that's the end of the story. Do you know what I mean? Right. There's some asterisks and like, with don't comedy. Get me wrong, but, there's yeah. been some experiences that I've definitely had a leg up mm-hmm. because I've been dating you, but then there's also been downsides to it. And, you know, going in with more, you know, hopelessness than maybe I should have at this stage or. You know, I get kind of weird vibes from certain people because they're like, "Oh, you're you're his girlfriend. Like, what are you doing here?" Oh, you know. I heard there's. I mean, there's a simple thing with YouTubers. Like everyone like resents YouTubers and Instagram stars because they start headlining clubs because they can sell tickets. I was talking to a club owner who had had one come previously, and they're like, she was like, "Fuck that guy." Had an attitude, which of course anyone who's sensitive is gonna have an attitude. Usually, in, people who are insecure and don't feel that they belong there are the ones who act the most diva-like. But this person had a set that just wasn't a good club set. But the people were just happy to be in a room with the celebrity. Or she. Or Um, she. It's a really funny story. A friend told me that he was opening for a YouTuber. And 
and it, it was this YouTuber's first time doing an hour, her first time doing an hour, uh, like for a club or one of the first, and, and my friend's a very good comedian, did the opening set, and this person goes up, does the 45 or whatever, and just doesn't really connect, walks into the green room, very aware, very aware she didn't have the set she wanted, and she was like, that was, that, how, how was that? And he was, and he was like, listen, it's going to take some time, but it, it, at least you understand that you, you it, and this person showed an understanding. That's, that's And then cool. right as he was about to be like, but here's what I think you should do. The agents burst through the door and go, oh my God, you are amazing. Oh, you're a star. And her face just, I am great. Interesting. Yeah. That's so, that's a great story. Isn't that a good that story? That's a good story. That I hope no one can decipher who it is about. Well, I think that's a great uh, opportunity for us to end. So I think that's we'll talk, it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk. Yeah, we can talk about me next week. Yeah, yeah. I got enough going on. You deserve your own episode. It's fine. I'm happy for you. I'm happy. No, for, yeah. No, no, I'm happy absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Let's talk no, about girl. next week about you. Let's make it. No, you. You no, shine no, this no, week. No, no, no. You. You have just. You know how. Why are you rubbing just, my hands? Your hands are clammy. Oh, all right. That's enough of this. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>